Hey, Rifters, welcome to the show. Uh, we got it. We got a great show here. Alan Lee will be here today. He's getting his coffee. And uh, what? I'm going to go. I'm going to put you on the phone. And I'm going to walk over to the Ralphs. Got to get some coffee. Are you serious? <laughs> you're too much. You're oh, my much. God, dude. You almost gave me a heart attack. Oh, you're too much, bro. Fuck. You're, 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 so gullible now because you, that's something you would do. You know what? It, it is kind of. Like, seriously, holy, don't do that five minutes before the guest shows up. What the fuck? I almost literally had a heart attack just now. Oh, God, boy, I tell you. I almost that. died Listen, you, before you, the podcast. Well, I want you to start walking, working out. So when that happens, that's not going to happen. Listen. Um, All right. Uh, we got a great show, Rifters. Uh, you've uh, seen this lady on Last Comic Standing, Comics Unleashed. And uh, she had her own sitcom called Costello. And uh, we we got her here on the Zoom, the great Sue Costello. She's going to be here. She's going to be rifting with us, Alan Lee. Colin. Colin. Um, what's his name? Damn it. What's the name of the comic she worked with? Hold on. Colin Quinn. Oh, I thought it was Quinn Colin. When you worked with Quinn Colin. What? It's Colin Quinn. Thank you, God damn. I, I could fucking remember. This is important. I like what she did with him. I don't know if you watched that show because she was with Patrice. Um, you can help me out here. Don't don't fuck with me. She Patrice. performed with Alan Cunningham. Or Alan Cumming. That's right. And Patrice, who died. O'Neal. Patrice O'Neill. Yeah, it was very funny. I don't know if you, if you I watched that. That was what I watched. Uh, of and it's a show that they did together, uh, and it's it's kind of like a it's kind of like not prepared, unprepared, unrehearsed, and they could talk on any subject. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks for that. Uh, great information, Alan Lee. Rifter, subscribe, rate, review to the show, and enjoy this episode of Raise the Rifts with Sue Costello. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee, right here on LA Talk Radio. Excellent. We're letting uh, the great Sue Costello and the Zoom. And uh, it's going to be fun, Alan Lee. Hey, Hi. Sue. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing Hi, well. Uh, Sue, this is Alan Lee, the trusty sidekick. Trusty? Hi, Alan. Hi. Hi, Sue. Glad to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Oh. Well, thank you so much for taking time to rift with us. Uh, I, I'm i feeling a little embarrassed because I know you're a legend, but I, I want you to know I came upon your name because I was Googling uh, sitcoms that you know just were one and that and your show came up and I fell in love with you because I thought it was so funny that's the story of my life that's it yeah. that's my career right there we can end it right there 
No, but I thought that was that. So I was like, holy Lord. So then that's how I became a fan of yours. And like, I've been doing comedy for 17 years and now you're my favorite comic because I, I just loved it so much. I thought the jokes were so good and daring too. Yes, it was very, it was ahead of its time. The fact that I was a woman doing what I was doing, yeah. the fact that there was no nepotism. I didn't have, I didn't know anybody in Hollywood. The fact yeah. that I made national TV with, with such a provocative show like that. I'm the one, when we, we use the language in Costello and now it's acceptable. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That was one of the questions I was going to say because, yeah. you know, in the that's show right. you say bitch and whore, like in the jokes and stuff. Mm -hmm. But now it seems like every show has yeah. that. And back then that was probably taboo jokes, you know? Right. Yes, it was very provocative. Yeah. It needed to be supported. And the, what happened with the show is it was more of a... Um, logistical thing as opposed to a content thing yeah because they, right. they they put us on king of the hill was that it was when fox had just started when it had just become the, a network and so uh they had uh king of the hill was their like mainstay that was, it was like their big show. one yeah and it was on fox. sunday nights and so it was me in the 70s show and they thought costello was going to be such a huge hit that they moved king of the hill That's to right. tuesday night and then put Costello as, you know, to launch it. They they moved it. But by moving the, their mainstay show, they screwed up. And also, that was a male-driven show. Yes. And men don't watch women shows, no matter how funny it is, until the men, until the women watch it and tell the men about it. Right. So it was a total uh, scheduling problem. And instead of changing it back immediately, mm -hmm. Peter Roth, who was the uh, CEO of Fox at the time, or the, the head of um, programming, he didn't change it. He instead tried to force me, like, I, I I remember Jay Thomas, God rest his soul, the first time I ever told him that. They tried to force me on, it was a World Series, so back then, they would not, they would preempt the shows. Now they right. don't do that. They would preempt mm -hmm. the shows if the World Series were going on. And uh, so what they did instead of changing the, the problem was the King of the Hill moving. But right. instead, they, they blamed it on me, which is hilarious. They blame the women all the time. And they, they put me in the side of the baseball yeah. game of the World Series, just a little skinny yeah. thing of me dancing. For but and they were trying to promote it for the World Series, not your show, right? No, for the men, like to get people to watch it. But the guys were just like, "What the fuck is this?" They were <laughs> like more aggression and antagonistic feelings from the men. They were like, "Get her the fuck off my screen! I'm trying to watch baseball." What right. is this? No, they never. They don't know who I was, and I was just like. Dancing like, hey, well, that's <laughs> so funny, you know. See, I got the impression it was you dancing to to encourage people to keep watching the World Series or no. something. No, no, <laughs> they wanted to advertise Costello instead of just changing the show. But that's that's the epitome of Hollywood. It's like instead of just saying they made a mistake and changing it, they just tried this stupid marketing tool. And and then and then Mark McGuire hit a sixty second home run during the premiere, oh, so boy. all the press that led up to it. I watched it. Yeah. We had all the press and then the show was preempted. So that didn't help at all either. Yeah. And then it found out like, what, two years later, uh, he was doing steroids the whole time or something? That's a joke I do on stage. Another drug addict. <laughs> I know. I saw it on, on YouTube. <laughs> but even when you just said literally about is my career, how you opened this up, like, I'm a legend. Nobody knows who I am. They love me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I meant it in so much respect. Like, I didn't mean it in disrespect at all. Oh, but know. you know how, like, when you it's kind of like when you discover people later, you're like, oh, my God. Because I feel if I was around and I was a, a comic in those times and I had a show, I would totally cast you in a show with me. Because I feel your, your humor, my humor is very similar. So I like that. Yes. My humor is very, uh, I'm not mean. Yeah. 
No, I don't like mean humor at all. But you're no, Comedy really, Central, but... they literally would say, we don't know what to do with her energy. Really? Yeah. Oh my. Comedy Central, though, I feel, mm. I feel like Comedy Central and shows like that, like, you know, I know you're on Last Comic Standing and all, but I feel shows where it's like where comedians need to compete with each other, I feel that kind of destroys comedy in a way. You know what I mean? Last Comic Standing, I was on the year where it was, it was all set up. They set us all up. Jay Moore set us all up. Jay Moore set you all up? Yes. How? He called us all, asked uh, us if we could do him a favor and do the show, and then it was all a setup. And I was on that year where Brett Butler was the judge, and she flipped out because she had picked other comics, and the comics that she picked didn't win. Oh, and she oh flipped out on stage, like, I mean, in, on live TV, and they kept oh, that's it. That's funny. Wow. So was that the year Dad Fan won, or was that the second year? That was the, no, it wasn't the second year. It might have been the fourth year. I think it was the fourth season. Okay, yeah. I stopped watching. Oh, last... I say John Henderson might have won. John, is that his name? Oh, John Henson, yeah. John Henson. Okay, so second season, yeah. No, I forget who won. It wasn't. But all I know is that they set it up with the winners and the losers before we even competed. We yeah. were on the entertainment tonight, two by two. Yeah. And one was a winner and one was a loser, and we hadn't even competed yet. Oh, so you already knew who was going to win or lose. We didn't know. The producers knew. Oh, my God. I so was it wasn't say, really a competition. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm trying to say, where I don't I don't feel competition for comedy is healthy for comedians because of an example like that, too. Well, nothing is usually healthy for comedians. That's true. <laughs> they treat us so poorly. We're like the worst of the worst, and I never understood it because we're the ones that can do the most that – that's right. That's right. Yeah. And then there's also this theory that where uh, comedians uh, aren't good actors. Do you ever hear this one? Yeah, but, I, but my argument is if, an, if a comedian can act, they're the best actors there are. I mean, yeah. Tom, uh, Robin Williams, mm -hmm. myself. I mean, I can say myself because I've been in most of the roles I've done have been dramatic roles. Yeah, mm -hmm. you were Steve in The Martin. Fighter, which is probably the best movie of all time. I was in The Fighter, yeah. Yeah. So that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you because you are one of those rare people that uh, did a movie with Mark Wahlberg and his brother Donnie Wahlberg. So yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to ask like what were, what was the as from an acting point of view what was the the styles between them like how they were different and stuff. Well, I grew up with them, so it's I know them personally, so it's hard. Oh for my me. god! <laughs> yeah. Yes, she did. I grew up with them. But I didn't get the roles because I grew up with them. I got them on my merit. My merit. Yeah, but yeah. Donnie's more reserved. Donnie's more shy. Donnie was shy growing up. I used to work at a Savin Hill Variety, and I told David to wrestle this story when he couldn't believe he. When I walked on the set of the Fighter to get my makeup done after he had cast me, Mark yelled, um, "Cut!" He was doing a boxing scene. He said, "Cut, cut, cut!" And he said, "Is that Sue?" And he climbed out of the ring and he came over to give me a hug. And David O. Russell could not even register that I knew him that well, that I didn't that I didn't ever mention it. Oh, and my then, God. And then Mark, uh, he's like, I said, yeah, we grew up together. And so I worked in this place called Savin Hill Variety. It was a corner store. And Mark used to steal candy. And I barred him. I told him he could never come in again. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, that didn't happen. I'm wow. like, yes, it did. He's like, I don't even like candy. I'm like, yes, he do. He, it, it, that happened. And, and in the meantime... Donnie, every single day, would walk by Savin Hill Variety. So Mark was like a little bit of a troublemaker. And Donnie would walk by Savin Hill Variety to the train station every single day with his drumsticks in his hand. And I remember, I'm writing a book, and, and I have that memory. And I say how much watching Donnie with his discipline inspired me. Mm -hmm. 
Oh my God. So yeah. you're writing a book right now or is it a book you've already written? I'm writing a book right now. Oh, oh so is it, a, is it a memoir? Yes, it's a memoir. Oh my God. That's cool. How, how, how long have you been writing it? Because I've tried writing a book and after like the first page, I get over it. Oh no, you have to, you have to, well, I have my play too. I have my one woman play that I've been doing for, I want to say 20 years mm -hmm. and that, and everybody always asks me like, how did you do it? How do you do it? How do you do it? You have to just do it. You have to mm -hmm. start writing and then you have to put the hardest thing for me to do with the play was to put it up and then have it not be perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, because that's what I think is the hardest thing for all right written forms too. Yeah. And, and uh, Hemingway said, if you want to be a writer, you have to sit down at a typewriter and open your vein. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree, but I have a laptop. <laughs> I know. <it's> <laughs> but I can't say Hemingway said laptop because then everybody will, oh, I didn't have a laptop. That's right. <laughs> they would do that, wouldn't they? Now, uh, I have one more question about your show because I think that uh, it's really, really interesting that you had Jenny O'Hara as your mom because mm -hmm. she was mostly known for like all these cop shows, cop shows. type things. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And and I thought that the chemistry you guys had was really really funny. So I was like, what was that like? Because I'm shocked that seeing her and you know be so funny like that. You know. But that's the same thing we just talked about. About great actors can be if they're funny, you can do both. If you're if you're that. No, talented. no, yeah. Yeah, no, she and and the casting was. The casting was all me. Oh, okay. They they fought me on every single one of them. Mary McDonough, the girl who played Mary McDonough. They fought me on everything. The kid who played my brother. The kid who played my brother was mm -hmm. so was perfection. Yeah. And they they fought me on every single one. Then they fought and we had to go through tons and tons of auditions and then we always went back to who I said. Uh, then that's that's Jenny that's that's all that matters then, right? And then well, the you other part you have to stand for what you believe. You have to say you can't let that I mean this they, they I mean it's a age old saying like the suits don't know what they're they're not creative they don't no and yeah. they'll fight you with their lack of creativity till the end mm -hmm. they will no definitely and another uh, question i had for you which uh i don't know if you've talked about this but this is something i've noticed because your 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 character's last name the show is called costello but that wasn't your character's last name so i wanted to know like even Thank though you it's noticing that yeah that would be, i have one word for that uh-huh Sexism. Sexism. Okay. Uh, I mean, think about that. Think, like you noticed it. Yeah. Think about that. I wasn't even allowed to have my own name on my own show. They didn't do that to Seinfeld. They didn't do that to everybody mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, so they let you keep it for the title. That, yeah. That's. Yeah. That's very these little micro. They call them microaggressions. I had the same producers as Roseanne. So okay. anytime you hear Roseanne talk. I can back her up. Yeah, they, they really went after Roseanne. They they didn't they couldn't come after me as much, I guess, because it didn't last as long, and I didn't have the success that she had. But they would hide behind the doors and whisper at me, "Don't become like Roseanne." Oh, uh, oh, oh yeah, my god! Constantly, constantly, the director he'd say, um, "I had a car. I'd been bought a car for myself." He's like, "I didn't have a car like that when I was 30. They was the sexism was horrific and horrendous, like you would not believe. Just oh. behind the scenes. Wow. No, see, like I would say the exact opposite. I would say, Sue, I want you to be better than Roseanne because I think Roseanne's the funniest, you know, 
And I think like your show would have been really nice touch with the exact same timing. You know what I mean? Well, I have a new script that I don't know if you've seen on Facebook, but I have a, uh, I had to deal with CBS and now I have a federal lawsuit against them over the script. Oh, oh my God. That's, that's, uh, that's torn between awesome and oh my God. Yes. <laughs> again, my career. <laughs> 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 I don't ever do anything just regular. It's never just regular. It's always torn between awesome and oh my god. Somebody on my uh, first WTF, I think it was my first one. I did three of them on my my WTF with Mark Marin. Uh, a guy wrote one of the comics was um, Sue Costello fascinates me. I find myself totally attracted to her and repulsed by her at the same time. And I was like, that's the perfect. That's how I feel like everybody experiences me. <laughs> Oh my I'm God. not sure why, but I guess Patrice O'Neill used to say that he goes, "That's that's when you're walking the best." Oh, life. that was my that was my question. I I thought that was cool how uh, you were on Tough Crowd, mm -hmm. Tough Crowd, uh, with Patrice O'Neill, and uh, you know your personality uh, came out obviously in that show, and uh, you know you were like riffing, and because that's that was unscripted, wasn't it? Oh my God! And you want to talk about the sexism with that too? So. Uh, what they did was, so the guys, all the men, had a, had a regular yes. show. Yes. All the men had a regular, uh, they were cat. They were regulars and they were paid a salary. Yes, yes. So there was Colin and then there was always three guys and Colin. Yeah. And uh, so they never, and not only that, they because they were regulars and they were always around each other, they had the camaraderie that they had already built. Yeah, that's what They right. did with the women is they would just call us randomly every once in a while and circle us in. Oh. Sarah was unbelievable. It was like going into a gang of wolves. <laughs> what wasn't wasn't tough crowd Colin show and yeah. and yeah. wasn't Colin like your boy like Colin because I heard Colin said your show was the funniest show he's ever seen. He did, but that's I every time I get interviewed, I'm like I it's not me because sometimes I'm at home and I'm like people are like Sue, you're so what what happens with your career and I think it's because I'm a woman and I think like Lawrence Fishburne said this to me one night I went out to dinner with him and he said Sue. You're an alpha. Right. Because when you walk in the room, you're an alpha. Everybody knows alpha. you're an alpha. And I think there was a part of me for so long that thought that was so bad and I should just be girly and I should just be the sitcom girl and I should just not be my essence. I just, I am an alpha. I, I, there's nothing I, I grew up in Boston. There's nothing I can sure. do about it. Sure. And now I think I'm finally coming into that after my whole career because every, that always comes up. Like I did so great everywhere. And how come I didn't bust through? What was it? I wasn't fully being my alpha. Right. Interesting. So I take responsibility for that too. I mean, the sexism is undeniable. Oh no, definitely. Yeah. And then the the second question is: uh, explain to the folks at home who who Lawrence F Fishburne is. Lawrence Fishburne is uh, Morpheus. <laughs> <laughs> I had Morpheus. I had dinner with Morpheus after this. After I pitched my TV show to CBS this last sure. time, and he he helped me stay out of the matrix. He literally was telling me how to finagle from letting them screw me over red yeah. pill or blue pill <laughs> red pill <laughs> oh man and then uh you talked about uh like because podcasting now you know you you've done a lot of podcasts you did already langs and you did mm -hmm. marks and stuff I, and I did brewers i did jay thomas i've always been they always give me my reverence the men always give me my reverence but there is a tap there is a bit of like not too big sue we're the alphas. There's always been that. It's always been me and the boys. It, they've always given me the reverence, but it's always been like, keep me close. Don't go too far. And 
I have to say, I don't know if there's a lot of women who have done what I'm what I'm doing with my lawsuit. There's not. They're, they're, mm -hmm. I'm doing it for the first time, so mm -hmm. I can't and, blame anybody. And you can't really talk so much about the lawsuit because oh. if it's on a podcast and then like a, a jury listens, you know, it doesn't mean? matter. I, I mean, I'm a hundred percent, million percent already won it. I mean, it's oh, that's, that's yeah. even I more not, awesome. not in court yet, but I'm saying there's no way <laughs> they can get me because I waited. I got Great. them good. They fucked with the wrong girl is what happened. They fucked with the wrong girl. That's great. They did. They thought I was a dumb fucking. I, it's amazing to me that they thought I was a dumb fucking idiot. Yeah. Crazy. I'm like, how? I've had my own show. I've I've done so much with my career, and they just still think that women are just dumb fucking idiots. Yeah, but I think well, it's more awesome that yeah, yeah, you're winning. You know what I mean? You're gonna win. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. It's all about the way I won it. this time was I went. So what I was able to do was I was able to see where the women weaknesses were, what, like how what they do to women. They try to mm -hmm. make you mental. They try to so you'll act out. They they torture. They literally torture. I mean, even my boyfriend, he's like, Sue, I never really got what you were saying. And I never really got what they did to women. He's like, I knew what happened. He's like, but they really just viciously try to torture you. They mm -hmm. do. Yeah. And I don't even know if it's conscious or unconscious. I don't even care. All I know is I'm going balls to the walls. I'm not fucking around. I did not come this far to fucking give up my career. And and they they keep giving me deals. Like I got my own show. I was 30 years old. I had my own show. I had no nepotism. Yeah. That's great. Oh my God. That's awesome. I've been on another guy's podcast. I've been everywhere. I've been on Last Comic Standing. I did three WTFs. I, I I can't do I mean, I've been in the fighter. I've done I've done so much. And it's like, what is it? What's this thing ho holding me back? What is it? Yeah. What is the thing that's like pushing me down? There's some. There's been a resistance. Mm -hmm. I I feel the same way. Not not that I'm a woman or whatever, but I feel the same way because I have autism. So I feel like it's really hard for me to get my own show and for me to, you know, what I mean, like my biggest uh, celebrity fame is the guy who toured with Norm Macdonald for nine years. Like that's all I have. And okay, but how does it, how does the autism manifest with say a tv show what would what would be the oh so i had a great idea for a tv show where uh so a i'm an assistant right to to a celebrity who who's no longer like a huge star but he's still a star you know what i mean like it's all right that you're pitching it on here you don't care you don't mind pitching it no i don't care because no one will buy it for you know for me no, I think because you protect yourself because somebody might take it uh, and do it Oh well. Oh, yeah, hopefully do you, they'll... It, do you have it copyrighted or anything? Do you have it? No, I don't. Register register with the Library of Congress, but... Congress as soon right. as we finish here. His oh, mother's okay. a, yeah. your mother's yeah. an attorney. Oh yeah, mother, my mom's an attorney. His mother's an attorney, so he could don't do need that. to tell Sue that. The house. <laughs> it doesn't what matter. <laughs> you need to protect yourself. You need to protect telling your ideas because somebody will just take it. Oh okay. Well, if you want to take it, be my guest, and uh, oh, you know. Yeah. You know, it's funny. She's making a very good point. No, no. But I, I was trying to explain my point where like, so basically like the, the premise of the show is I, I'm someone's assistant and instead of helping their career go up, I just like keep their career the same. And the point is, is that the person would rather have an autistic assistant because it makes him feel like a better person like that. So that's where I find the funniness of it is would be there but i don't think that show would ever do well because i don't think the whole the world is ready 
to see uh, someone with a disability or autism oh, succeed like that. I yeah, but I think it's the way you're talking, first of all. You're not acting in a way that's that's all inside your head, first of all, because yeah, there is a reality about the disability, but then the disability becomes a disability in your that's head right. because you hold yourself back. Right. So, I disagree. It sounds like a great idea. The it tension would have to be a little bit stronger. You'd mm -hmm. have to work on the tension for the pilot. Like, what's the tension? What's the motivation? Why are they together? You'd have to build them. Like, what's drawing each other? Do we? What's drawing him to you or her to you and you to him? But yeah. there's definitely a good idea there. But also, you have to remember that you're talking about oppression, which is what the oppressed people that run networks don't want to talk about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So... I That's think the right. point is, if I ever sell it, Sue, you're you're going to be on it with me. We're going to we're going to. I could totally help you figure out. Um, one thing I was really really good with with Costello and with this new script that I wrote is breaking the story. Yeah. Which is what you have to do. It, you have to do it in every episode, but in the pilot, it's very important because uh, you're setting up the whole series. So breaking the story is the emotionality behind underneath the the show. What drives yeah. the show? What drives everybody? And I was very good at that because that's what. That's my whole thing is humanity. I love humanity. So I was able to break stories very quickly in Costello and everything. There was always a reason. If you watch the Costello episodes, you always see the reason underneath why things happen. So my mom didn't want me to go to college. Then you find out it's because she got shamed in college. My father didn't want to help me drive, uh, yeah, learn how to right. drive. It's because he was afraid I was going to leave him. There were always these extra right. things. That's right. That's great. Yeah, I like that. Now, uh, for for the folks at home who who want to watch this, because I, like I said, the pilot is on YouTube, but I can't find any of the other episodes. I think I have them private for right now, but there's I have the other episodes up there. My my thinking is because I've gone so far with my career and everything that's going on now, everything's going to come out. And they're probably uh, going to put Costello out. They're going to my book, my play, yeah, everything. That's right. Because the journey of to show my whole trajectory to get to where I am now with the, with the, uh, not only the lawsuit, but the discrimination and the way that women were treated. And it's for women first, but it's yeah. going to, it's just going to open up where everybody's been discriminated against, where everybody's been, been oppressed and taken advantage of, especially in mm -hmm. Hollywood. But it's also the timing with the WGA strike and possibly the SAG strike. It, yes. it re reflects all of that. Yes. We were going to ask you, it's, isn't it amazing that, uh, they're saying it's going to go all the way to possibly to October. And uh, it's because the resolution, which with, with, with what you're talking about, all that's going on, I believe that's part of why it's going to take, which people have said it's going to you know go much longer. They're never going to get back what that. they gave away. The, the Writers Guild is never going to get back what they gave away already. Neither is yes. they. Yes. They've already given away everything. They didn't fight. The members didn't fight. SAG and WGA, my feeling is that, that as opposed to paying attention, I'm pro-union, I am anti-corruption. My opinion is stop worrying about what the networks are doing because the networks are always going to be scumbags. They've That's always right. been scumbags. Pay attention to your union and see what where the discrepancies are there in the collective bargaining agreement. The way that they, that, so this is a lot of what my lawsuit is about too, where the collective, my deal that I negotiated with CBS, CBS I went around the collective bargaining agreement yeah. because you can do that. The collective bargaining agreement is just the base that the network cannot go below. But yeah. we're all allowed as members to negotiate above and beyond it. And that's what I did with my deal because yeah. I saw all the weaknesses in the collective bargaining agreement where they're in bed with the network and the studios and I mm -hmm. negotiated around it. And now they're going on strike. So a simple example of that is packaging. Packaging started when I had Costello. What that means, what that started as is we, ha we have to pay 10% to our agents, 5%, mm -hmm. uh, 15% to a manager, 5% mm -hmm. to an attorney. Mm -hmm. That's in perpetuity 
throughout the universe. That mm-hmm. means I, I got a deal by myself. I bring it to an attorney. They negotiate it. Just one mm-hmm. deal yeah. that I already got. Yeah. They get 5% for the rest of the entire series, say right. if it turns into a Seinfeld. Sure. But don't you get charged for all that, like on taxes and stuff? Where, like, well, back when Costello was in existence, you were able to write off your your percentages. Mm-hmm. Now you can't. Now you have to guess. You have to even pay wow. taxes on the money you pay. Your so slowly but surely, the business has been chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. Uh, agencies are owned by private equity now, so all the things that they're striking for now, they're never going to get back because it's already it's become the actual model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's going to have to, they're going to have to stand up in a way that's, that's way more powerful. So the packaging, so uh, what they, the way they got around that was they came to me and so I'm already paying 10% to my agent in perpetuity. It's already kind of extortionist, right? right? It's something that's unfair to us. We don't even have money when we start and we have to give them so much because we don't, because we don't have the money to pay them hourly. So they, they capitalize on that and and extract uh, an unfair percentage is what happens. So what they did with packaging is they came to us and they would say, listen, if you let us package the show, you don't have to pay your 10%. So we're already like underwater with this 10%. So we don't know better. We're, we're going to give it away. Mm-hmm. That sounds great to us. But what we did was we traded it for a worse deal. Oh. So what we did was the studio is going to pay the 10%. But what that means is if I do Costello, I have yeah. to use yeah. all the people that are in the, in the agency. I can't go outside the agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now it's, you're encroaching on my my creative sure freedom choice so over the years that went on and on and they chipped away and then all of a sudden right before the pandemic the wga made everybody fire their agents they forced yeah, them yeah. To fire their agents remember that and I it was do, over yeah. packaging but i said but i was like well they are the ones that allowed the packaging so why are we all of a sudden having a strike during a pandemic over something that they allowed that's right so the discrepancy is in where the unions are going. They're not, the discrepancy isn't in the, the in the uh, studio and the networks. The studio and the networks are predators. They're always going to be like that. They've always been like that. Yeah. The discrepancy is paying attention to the unions and, and where we got, where we went awry with the unions. Man, Sue, I'm so glad I'm on Team Sue right now. Cause That's like, oh. <laughs> it's so funny, Bobby Kelly. I did, I did Timison and I had, I was doing my Sue TV for a while and I had all the pictures of me behind it. And Bobby Kelly goes, Who's that? Your hit list? Like, no, <laughs> they all knew. I'm telling you, when I was going through the CBS thing, more of them said to me, Sue, you're going to take us all down. And it was these men. And I was like, I'm not taking them down. They took themselves down because they fucked with the wrong person. Right. I'm not easily pushed around. I have a huge career. I have a lot of experience. I'm not easily, I don't take money for, for nothing. I'm not vain in terms of like, I need to be famous. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm, I'm not in comedy to be famous. I'm in comedy to make people laugh and then right. be famous. Right. <laughs> we'll be famous from, well, yeah, I guess right <laughs> off of being famous now. There's no, there's, it's hard to have joy with that. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah. The discrepancy is so big. And especially like I'll go back to the unions because the unions are supposed to be protecting us. That's, That's what right. we pay dues. But during the pandemic, SAG raised the um, the minimum for your health insurance. Wow. We couldn't even work. So you have to make a certain amount of money to get health insurance. And during the pandemic, they raised those Crazy. minimums when people weren't working. There's yeah. been so many places where the union has just kind of skimmed over and and put all the emphasis on the network and the studio. And it's like, no. And whether whether that's on purpose or not, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like a monster that's taken over 
and hasn't hey. been stopped. And now it's hard to go back. It's 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 reflective of what's going on in the country. The labor issues that are going on are reflective politically in what's going on in the country with everybody. And until somebody has the balls to say, fuck you, I'm not doing this and, uh, and sustain the unbearable retaliation. Nothing so, so Sue, you and I need to go on tour, you know, like I'll, I'll be your opening act. You, you close and we'll yeah. sell shirts after the show that says, fuck you, grab them by the balls for Sue. Yes. Okay? Yes. Oh, yes. excellent. That's what, that's what all the, the empaths, the people I have, a I have a guy that, uh, I, I'm very pro helping people with disabilities. I'm, I will be a fuck. I will be so when I get to a position of power, I'm going to speak up for people with disabilities. Like you've That's never wonderful. seen before. Like, oh, yeah. No, like there you've you never go. seen before because the, the fact that they attack something that some, that's what they do with women too, with the sex stuff. The fact that they attack a weakness that they think is a weak, weakness in somebody and exploit it is I've always been like this though. Yeah. And yeah, I think no. from somebody who isn't, who doesn't have a disability will help. Well, well see, I know what you're saying because like a lot of people think like autism is a weakness, but I actually think it's a strength because I feel that's why I'm like, not to brag or anything, but I feel I'm a great stand-up comic because of my autism. So I feel like that gives me a strength in it, yes. but it does give me a weakness on, you know, like how to talk to girls and how to talk to, people in a huge setting but if i do stand up it's easier you know what i mean right so there's your strength you took something that you felt nervous about and you put it into something that gave you strength yeah yeah but yeah. i said this when i was on Audie lang i was on Audie lang and, and morgan morgan murphy morgan i can't think of her last name right now but they were she was talking about how she had to go into the hospital for mental health stuff at one point yeah and I, so he was screaming like he's like you just remember that you have a career. Just remember that you have a career when that happens. And I and I just very, you know, calmly said, or you could just look at it like the reason why you're such a genius is because you have this struggle. And sometimes you need to take a break. Like you wouldn't be that much of a genius unless you had this thing that needs to be addressed. No, yeah. In hospital sometimes. Every but that's what that's what Hollywood and entertainment has done to people. That's it was on purpose giving you this this illusion of perfection so nobody ever feels like they're worthy. Do you That's think right. do right. you think stand up comedy has that exact same feel like in the club circuit? I think the club owners are disgusting yeah. aren't they? Scumbags. They they I do. Be. I think they're scumbags. I think they're all well a lot of them are comics that that are failed comics so then you have the level of jealousy and that sadistic torture that they do. Yeah. And they're greedy. And they don't, they have no respect for the art. That's how I feel. I could give a fuck if any club owners hear me say that fuck off, I could care. I was in Vegas. I worked in Vegas and they paid the guy. I'm telling you, they paid the guy who was middling me more than me. What? They paid the guy that was middling for me more than me. They gave me the check by accident. I went right on that stage and said, fuck this. I'm not taking this anymore. So they gave you the, the features check. By accident. Oh my God. I would have just cashed that check. No, they were paying him way more than me. And I went right yeah. on stage and told everybody. And it was the first time that I had broken that wall of shame and silence. I said it to the audience. Because mm -hmm. yeah. it's, it's like the mafia. The, I'm telling you, clubs, Hollywood, it's like the mafia. It's like this unspoken terror. It's yeah. like a woman. Yes. You're yes. on the road by yourself. They have complete control over your yeah. room, your money, everything. 
And I just want that once I, I just started to get strong. I was like, if so, something's got to be done, so I'm just going to do it because living this way is like being in hell. Oh no, definitely. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And I walked on stage and I said, I just headlined 17 shows and they look, they're paying the middle guy more than me. The audience went wild. They were like, fuck that. And I, it was the first time that I was mm. like, Oh, Oh, the audience cares. Yeah. I, but I had never told anybody. Sure. Yeah. Well, casinos like this is this is a good example casinos i feel uh they might be in that same power of uh, of evilness because i did a, a casino in vegas during march madness and usually casinos will put you up in a room but this is the only time that i've ever done the road where they said oh we can't give you a room because they're all booked because of march madness which one I think it's fucking horse shit. You know what I mean? Like you, there is a room for somebody. So they put me up in a, in like one of those where everybody stays. And it was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Comedy, uh, I find that funny. It wasn't a condo. It was a, it was like a scary, you could get murdered type of oh. hotel. <laughs> That's what's going on everywhere. That's what's oh going on God. even in the retail business. It's going on with the airlines. Yeah. It's going on everywhere. Everywhere. It's like, how much shit will people take? That's yeah. right. That's how right. much shit will everybody take if yeah. we just tell them and that's what i'm st- i'm telling you i i stood up in vegas me and uh ellen harrigan we did a private yeah. gig up in uh canada the guys were supposed to this was the deal they were supposed to fly us they were supposed to pick us up we were supposed to perform and then they would drive us back to the airport that was the deal right we performed we did all our part and then they were like oh you have to get yourself to the airport and i was like oh, oh no I'm like, no, we don't get ourselves to the airport. The deal was you got us there. The guy showed up with $500 cash for each of us. And Alan was like, Sue, how'd you do it? I said, I fucking asked. I held them to the deal. And that's what I'm doing with people. I'm holding them to the deal. I'm reading the deals. I'm saying, no, this is unacceptable. It's what the the Writers Guild is going to have to do, what SAG is going to have to do. Picketing is one thing. Trust me, I grew up in Boston. I know all about labor and picketing in the unions. But that's not going to get you anywhere. They don't take you seriously. They literally, they think you're a piece of tissue. Yeah. Well, Sue, I want to respect your time, but I have two more questions for you. So uh, question number one, with all these podcasts like coming out, you know, because you've done a lot of them. Did you have a podcast? Well, yeah. TV. I'm going to launch it again. It's going to be more perfect. I was doing it during the pandemic on my floor. And but I was talking about a lot of the stuff, this labor stuff. I was talking about what goes on in in entertainment. And it's very informative for people so that they can. I want to empower people. So it's called Sue TV. I'm going to relaunch it. But go ahead. Sorry. So my question is, is when you when you, you get asked to do interviews, but like, do, do you know, do you see, because clearly you see the power of podcasting, how they could be bigger and more important than late night. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, do you think that that's good for, for promotion and comedy? Or do you think like, oh. if you put all your information on that, like, because everybody has a podcast now. You know what I mean? think what goes on with the podcast is that as soon as you start to get powerful, they don't mind unless you get powerful. And then if you get powerful, they give you money and sell and you sell out and then they silence you like with Joe Rogan. They're doing it to Theo right now over. Uh, the Roseanne. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that's, about. The thing is that they built these platforms so that they can control everybody. Yeah. Joe took a hundred million dollars as, 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 you know, successful as he still is, he, uh, my opinion is that he would be way more powerful right now if he didn't take that hundred million dollars. Oh yeah. But that's what they do. They get you right as soon as you're powerful and they give you money. And my thing is how much money do you need? It's like, how much money do you need? Because once you get that money, then you're, you're handcuffed. It's the golden handcuffs. My podcast is, 
what I'm going to do with Sue TV is I'm going to do it all separate from social media, separate from YouTube, separate from everybody. Cause I'm mm -hmm. not going to have anybody control me. I didn't come this far to have, I mean, I've been doing this since I was, I was lucky. To, I was lucky enough to have Costello to see how it all worked to say, Oh fuck this. I'm not doing this. And CBS, Les Moonves let me right back in his office as soon as I wanted to come back into the, sh the world and I got to deal with them. So I must have something. I had a therapist say that to me one time. She said, Sue, it sounds like a lot of people exploited you. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, you they wouldn't be exploiting you if you didn't have something to exploit. That's yeah. right. <laughs> but no, that, that is a very interesting question where it's like, how much money do, does one need? And I looked at myself where like, I just want enough money to take care of my family and my children and my children's children. And after that, I don't really care. <laughs> well, then you should figure out how much money that is and then only get that money. But people don't even figure out their money. They don't even pay attention. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I'm serious. You should figure out what is that money and how much do you need? Yeah. And then the power comes from that. Mm -hmm. But everybody yeah. just kind of like, they love that we're all just so desperate and we don't pay any That's attention. Right. That's right. And that right. we'll take anything. And the first... The first offer they give you, everybody will take. And then with the comedy world, they know they'll get somebody to do it for cheaper. Oh, yeah. And then my last question for you, Sue, is if you could go back into a time machine and talk to a younger version of yourself, what advice would you give yourself that you know now? I had a dream last night about this. It must have been in preparation of this. Oh, I okay. Tell my youngest self to tell everybody right to their face so hard, fuck you, don't talk to me like that. I'm the fucking best, get out of my face, fuck you. Thank you. I'm telling you, I had a dream Thank about you. a manager. They always cut you down. They, I Normally I would never act like that. I would never right. be, I'm, my natural state is happy and go lucky, but there's something about this self-defense that I'm learning now, like like I said, with the networks and that, like you have to fuck, this is no joke. Like you have to fight fire with fire. I had a dream last night that a manager was like, well, Sue, you know, people say that you say that you're cool or something. And I was like, listen, shut the fuck up. I am cool and go do your fucking job. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have done that early on. I would have been like, oh, my God, that sounds like. But that's what they need. Right. Sure. Need, like, fuck you. Sure. Fucking don't talk. Yeah, I'm the I'm the money. Fuck you. Get out of my uh, face. And I would say, I don't care anybody. I could care less if a thousand men stood in front of me and said, Sue, you can't. I'd be like, I I'm literally give <laughs> them the opinion. Like, oh, my God. I already tried it. I tried being the good girl. I tried doing all the I'm the good girl and fuck you. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad you said that answer and you didn't say, uh, don't do Keith Reyes's podcast. No, no, it would be just keep trust myself and tell everybody to fuck off and get out of my way. Whoever. I mean, people always say that to me. They're like, so you drive when you were younger. It was, it was so intimidating. I'm like, they've seen nothing yet compared to this drive. Now, yeah. because I did all the good girl things and I did what you're supposed to do. And they were still screwing me and paying me less. Now it's like, I'm like, I got nothing to lose now. Now there you I'm going go. Balls to the walls. Like everybody gloves are off. Fuck out of my way and put Rest the word on the screen. Oh, Sue, we're, we're, <laughs> Sue, where can the, the folks at home follow and support you at? My Facebook is Sue Costello. That's where all the Sue TVs are. There's like a 200 and something episodes of the Sue TV. If you start watching them, you'll see how I started talking about. I predicted everything that was going on during the pandemic. I had a journalist come to me and he's like, Sue, I don't understand. He's like, these uh, these Ivy League educated people are doing pressure tests to find out what's going to go on with society. And you're sitting on your bedroom floor just predicting it all. I'm like, uh, yeah, because it's the sexism and the elitism because I yeah. classism. Right. So they can't understand that I might be that smart. So you can see the Sue TV on Facebook. Uh, my my website is SueCostello.com. SueTV.com is going to launch very soon. 
Uh, Twitter is at Sue Costello, and my Instagram is uh, at I am Sue Costello. All right. Well, Sue, thank you so much for taking thank time to, to talk with us. It was an honor and a blast. And I, I, you're my new favorite comic, so thank you. <laughs> you know, it's funny. TJ Mello said that to me in L.A. He's like, Sue, I used to watch you on stage in, in uh, the comic strip and just be in R, how much you killed. And so I would always get, because I'm a woman and I fucking kill. Yeah. And I could no not doubt. believe that they hated me. I couldn't. I couldn't. I no was doubt. Like, huh? No doubt. You killed. I, but I was like, I can't. <laughs> I'm like, you'd think a club owner would want me to be fine. Like, I would be like, they can't. People would be like, Sue, they're jealous. They hate you. I'm like, they can't. They can't. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm like Believe pure fire now. I actually tour with TJ right now. So like you know? ask yeah. him. Ask him if that's true. He'll tell you. Yeah. yeah, he's the nicest guy. So uh well Sue, thank you so much. It was a real honor. And thank uh you. when you're in Los Angeles, hit me up. I would love to take you out to lunch and we'll get a chicken or something. I will. And do me a favor. <laughs> will you register your idea at the Library of Con Congress for me? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. That's and then so we'll nice. go in it together. Yeah. It's so important yeah. what she's saying there. Thank you, Sue Costello. Thank you. I got you. a lot out of this. I, I, Thank uh, you. I didn't All right, I'll see you when I come to L.A. All right, cool. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Thank you. All right, guys, that was the episode. Subscribe, rate, review. Uh, tell a friend, and we'll see you guys next week. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash KeithRaza. And on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash KeithRaza. If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it. And we'll rift with you again soon.